Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Once a year, I give you a treat. I give you a gift. I'm like uh, I'm like Santa Claus coming down the chimney, and I bring on Softy, Dave Mahler, KJR in Seattle. People look forward to your visit, Dave. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't get it, but the listeners love you. Yeah. Well, first of all, the idea of John Canzano wearing a Santa suit coming down my chimney. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I. I don't want to have that thought in my head. And I would not try that if I were you, to be honest with you. Hey, I know we've, we've talked to you in other years when, remember when Oregon was on that big run where they dominated for like a decade, 10, 11 years, and it just was like a formality that they would win the game. And then we brought you on on other years where, uh, you know, Washington put a 70-burger on Mark Helfrich, and it was a very different yeah. story. I, I like this time, man. Both these teams are good. How much fun is this? Well, it is fun. First of all, I'm glad that you brought up that streak because there's a whole new generation of Oregon fans and Washington fans uh, growing up right now that have no idea what the hell that streak is all about, right? I mean, we're talking about, you know, six, seven years now. Uh, really, you had to kind of be maybe 10 or 11 years old, you know, I think at this point to remember kind of Oregon's dominance during that run against Washington. So there's a whole new group of ducklings and uh, and puppies that are growing up now and have no idea what the hell you and I are talking about, and that really is the way it should be. I mean, really, from our perspective, the way it should be is Washington should be kicking Oregon's ass every single year, but that's only for guys like me that are 50 years old and still living in the 90s and the 80s, man. So things have definitely changed. Oregon's the shiny new, the shiny new object for a lot of us OGs out there that – still remember the dominance over the Beavers and the dominance over the Oregon Ducks. And Oregon's not going away. We all get that now because of Uncle Phil and that uh, that treasure trove down there. But, John, i got to be honest with you, man. This game on Saturday, um, I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it. Uh, I think if Oregon loses to UW, I think it'll be an embarrassment for Oregon, to be totally honest with you. I think if Dan Lanning loses to, uh, to Washington Saturday, you got to start looking at Dan Lanning like Ohio State fans look at Ryan Day and wonder if he can ever beat Michigan. Wow, big statement there. I, I actually think both these teams could play Saturday and then play again in Vegas. Could you see two Washington-Oregon yeah. games? Could you handle that in a season? I, I absolutely could handle that. I'm not sure if your audience can handle two of me uh, as far as interviews on your radio program, so we'll have to make sure that they're ready for a double dose of softy. But, yeah, I think there's a chance that absolutely could happen because, guys, guys let's be honest with you. Everybody's talking about this juggernaut and this gauntlet of a schedule that UW has to play and that Oregon has to play. Everybody in this conference has to play that schedule because everybody faces each other for the most part. So, for example, UW, after the Oregon game, has got USC, Utah, Oregon State, and Wazoo. Oregon's got Washington State, Utah, USC, and Oregon State. So, anybody going through this thing undefeated, First of all, if anybody in this conference goes undefeated, whether it's USC, UW, Oregon, whatever, that team should be number freaking one in the country by the end of the year. If they run through that schedule in the Pac-12 and then win uh, the Pac-12 championship game against another likely top ten team at that point in time of the year, that team should be number damn one in the country. So I don't see it. I think there's a real chance that UW and Oregon will meet again. I also think there's a chance, if things fall their way, that UW could win this game Saturday, Oregon wins the Pac-12 championship game, or vice versa, and they still both make the Final Four.
four. How about that? I like that. You know, we saw that with Alabama and Georgia. How about three? How about three games between (laughs) UW and Oregon? How about we meet Saturday, we meet in Vegas, and then we meet again on New Year's Day in the semifinal in the the frickin' Rose Bowl? Can you? How about that? How about three games for UW and Oregon this year? Could you handle that? Like, I I could see you pacing around all week long. Three Uh, weeks? Could you handle three of those? I, I can't even handle this conversation right now, man, to be totally honest with you. All right. Let I me, for let me, me, like, I, I can't do this conversation without having a damn defibrillator nearby. Let, talking me, to you. Put, let me play devil's advocate here. All right. Everybody's saying yeah. these teams are really good. Oregon, Oregon, who have they played? Who has Washington played? Do we know if yeah. these teams are good, Softy? I don't think anybody has really played anybody. How's that sound, right? I mean, Oregon's got the win on the road in Lubbock over Texas Tech, and UW's got a thumping of Michigan State uh, in East Lansing. They're up 41 to nothing late in the third quarter. When they pulled everybody, they probably could have put 60 on, on Sparty, but, you know, Michael Penix went like three or four games in a row, John, and didn't even touch the fourth quarter, didn't even see the field in the fourth quarter. Uh, nobody has really accomplished anything. Uh, let's be totally honest with each other. And really, you know what, when it comes to Kalen DeBoer and Dan Lanning, in the grand scheme of things, what have these coaches even done, really? I mean, Dan Lanning's got a holiday bowl. Uh, Kalen DeBoer's got an Alamo bowl. I mean, so what? Who cares, right? I mean, Oregon wants Final Fours. UW wants Final Fours. Oregon's been to a BCS championship. Washington's been to a Final Four. You're not in it for the freaking Holiday Bowl, and I'm not in it for the damn Alamo Bowl. So in the end, these coaches have done nothing. A lot of teams are top ten in late September, early October. But who's going to be standing in late November, early December? That's all people give a damn about. And these coaches yet have done, have, have not done that yet. And I think this is a big game towards deciding which one's going to do it first. Oregon's got to do a good job against Michael Penix Jr. That's it, it goes as, as that offense goes. So go the Huskies. Yeah. But what are the coaches at, at Washington saying? Well, it's funny that you mention that because I talked to Jamarcus Shepard, who is the wide receivers coach at Washington, and you tell me what you think of this quote because I'll be honest with you. Jamarcus does a great job of getting his guys fired up. He, he wants his wide receivers to think that they stink, and he wants his wide receivers to think that they're playing the Legion of Boom every Saturday afternoon. So I, I asked Coach Shepard, by the way, John, yesterday, what is he making this Oregon secondary? Uh, check this out. You tell me if this is just uh, gamesmanship or if he honestly believes this. Probably the best pass defense in the United States of America. Probably the best pass defense I've seen in, in my entire coaching career. These guys are long. Um, they're physical at the line of scrimmage. They play with great technique. Uh, they got guys who want to hit you. Uh, they're going to attack the football. They're going to play the football in the air. There you go. The best secondary in America and maybe the best secondary I've ever seen in my coaching career. Are they that good, or is Jamarcus Shepard just trying to fire up his wide receivers? I think the latter. Yeah, I think the latter as well. I think he's trying to he's sandbagging here. I mean, he's he's trying to not do what – Colorado and some others have done. Everybody saw Dan Lanning in that locker room. You don't think Dan Lanning's going to be up there at Husky Stadium with a vein popping out of his neck telling his guys that, you know, Washington hurt Bo Nix last year and Washington, yeah. it's all about Michael Penix Jr., the flash and the dazzle in the Heisman campaign. Never mind that Bodacious is going on. Like, you're going to see yeah. that from Lanning. Yeah, yeah, because UW is just in it for clicks, and we do our talking with our pads. That's what we do here at Oregon, right? So I, I can't wait for UW if they win this game on Saturday. I want to walk into Lanning's postgame presser and ask him, hey, Dan, how many clicks do you think UW got with this win today over your football team? But, I, John, i got a question for you. Who is going to win the annual Chris Hudson Award 
for the best fake injury from an Oregon football player this weekend? Low blow. Low blow. Mm -hmm. Who is that? And by the way, how is Chris Hudson doing? We're very concerned in Seattle about Chris Hudson and that unbelievably gruesome injury that he took in the fourth quarter of the UW-Oregon game on Saturday. I know Chris Hudson is not playing a giant role on the Oregon offense right now. I think he's got, like, what, one or two catches for you guys down there. But can you give us an update on, on how Hudson's doing after that gnarly injury you know last year? It's it's within the rules. I mean, you don't think Washington would do the same damn thing when Chip Kelly was no, playing fast? No, you don't think no, the Huskies I've, were doing that? No, I've never seen a Husky coach do that in my life, and I'm not saying it's never happened. I'm just saying I've never seen it. I mean, look, the fact that Chris Hudson admitted last year that it was in the game plan, I think kind of made Oregon look stupid, to be honest with you. I mean, I thought it was kind of chicken crap of, of Chris Hudson to do that, but he's obviously being coached by somebody to do that, and that guy is likely Dan Lanning. I brought it up to him at media day in Vegas in July, and he just stared at me and didn't even give me an answer. So I think guys like that just don't like getting called on things like that. But if you don't think that people are going to be busting his chops and Chris Hudson's chops after what happened a year ago, you're nuts. And by the way, the whole Alex Cook thing, the hit on Bo Nix, dirty. Are you kidding me? It's football, guys. Give me a break. But he you don't think you, don't, you know Oregon's going to use that. You know Oregon's going to show up going, will. this is all about redemption. This entire game well, is. I've been hearing it from fans who are whining and crying like babies ever since that game a year ago. That it was a dirty hit, softy, you're celebrating the hit, you're celebrating a dirty play. Look, it was a huge play in the game. It knocked the starting quarterback out of the game. There's no way you can minimize the impact of that hit by Alex Cook on Bo Nix a year ago. I said it on Twitter immediately after the game. I don't think if that hit happens, I think Oregon wins the game. Honestly, last year, I think if Alex Cook does not knock Bo Nix out of the game, I think the Ducks win that game in, in, uh, in uh, Austin Stadium last year. So if you don't recognize it was a huge play, if you don't recognize it was a huge play in favor of Washington, then you're just naive. You're absolutely ignorant. Uh, to how uh, important those things are uh, with football. There's a reason why teams have backup quarterbacks, guys, because backup because starting quarterbacks get knocked out of football games. So if you're that soft down there in Eugene where something like that bothers you, God, I hope your players aren't that soft because if they are, they're going to get killed on Saturday in Seattle. Give me an idea. Like, Sell me on Washington's defense because I think of the four units that will be on the field, that one is yeah. the weakest. Uh, outside of Arizona, the strong majority of their touchdowns allowed, like 80% of them, came in when the game was already over. Uh, go back and look at the score against California. Go back and look at the score against Boise State, Michigan State. Garbage time touchdowns are, are padding the, uh, the stats against Washington's defense. And you know what? Look, John, I'm sure a lot of teams can say that. I'm sure Oregon can say the same thing. But outside of the Arizona game, which, by the way, we may have learned that Arizona is a little better than people think after what they did to USC. I know USC's defense is pretty terrible, but that's not a mirage, I think, what's happening there offensively with this Fafita kid in Arizona. And if Jed Fish knows what he's doing, he'll continue starting this guy over Jaden Delora. But that's another different uh, conversation for somebody else. You go back and look at what this Washington defense has done. When the game is on the line, halftime, three quarters, whatever, totally different animal. Uh, you go back and look at what they gave up when their starters got pulled and the game was already decided by 35, 40 points or more. That's where the majority, John, of those touchdowns have come. Give me an idea from a Washington standpoint in your lifetime of watching Washington football. Give me the yeah. high point for the Oregon-Washington rivalry in your mind and the low point in your mind. 
Well, the low point was obviously Kenny Wheaton. There's no question about that. But the high point, here's the thing, John, nobody knows because nobody gave a damn. Nobody cared. Nobody cared about UW-Oregon growing up in the 80s and 90s. Beating Oregon was just like another notch in the win column for UW. So it was never anything that anybody ever kept an eye on, to be honest with you. Obviously, for this generation, it's totally different because of what Oregon did to Washington uh, in the previous 15 years before the last five or six seasons, and they're now 3-3 three and three in the last six. But obviously hanging 70 on them, uh, putting 38, I think, the uh, next year uh, against Justin Herbert in Seattle, and then Probably should have beaten him in 2018. Peyton Henry missing that field goal when Chris Peterson called off the dogs. I thought a little bit too early. It should have been three in a row. So for this generation, it's the finger point of Jake Browning. It's hanging 70. It's Mark Helfrich apologizing for the score uh, to you guys, to the Oregon press, after that game was over at Autzen Stadium. Uh, but outside of that game in 2016, nobody even really followed this stuff because beating Oregon was kind of a given. By the way, I'm kind of surprised that you didn't follow up on the uh, uh, Oregon losing this game would be an embarrassment to Washington thing that I threw at you a few minutes ago. Yeah, I let it pass. But 20, the home teams, the home favorites, <laughs> home favorites in the Pac-12 are 27 and one. Washington right. is a home favorite in this game. Yeah. Tell yeah. me, am I crazy for picking Oregon? I think Oregon's the better team. I think no. they're a more complete team. No, I just told you. I think it's going to be an embarrassment if Oregon loses the game. And you just said why. They're, they're, a, they're a way more complete football team. I mean, John, everything that Washington does well, Oregon has an answer for. UW number one in total offense. Okay, fine. Oregon's number six in total defense. UW number one in passing offense. Okay, fine. Oregon's number five in passing defense. Uh, how about UW number six in sacks allowed in the country? Okay, fine. Oregon's defense is tied for eighth with 18. Everything UW does well, Oregon has a response. Everything UW does weak, Oregon is good at. Washington, number 62 in total D. Oregon, number two in total offense. UW, 102nd in rush uh, offense. Oregon is 20th in run defense. The Huskies cannot get after the quarterback. Oregon does a great job of protecting the quarterback. This would be an absolute embarrassment. Embarrassment for Dan Lanning in Oregon to lose this game to Washington because on paper they are better in every single category. You don't get UW now. you got to wonder as an Oregon fan if Dan Lanning can ever get it done. Last season I thought Washington was playing the best football at the end of the year. Everybody thought that. But you look back and you go, hey, they didn't have to play Utah. They didn't have to play USC last year. It was a pretty right. soft 11-2. and two. This year they haven't played anybody. Is this Kalen DeBoer's biggest game ever? Uh, absolutely. Uh, it's his biggest game ever. It's the biggest game in the history of the UW-Oregon rivalry. And we've been debating, John, on the year this week if it might be the biggest uh, regular season game in, in Husky football history. Uh, when you uh, factor in uh, all the variables, two top ten teams – for the first time ever in the rivalry, your hated rival in Oregon, uh, you're at home. It's the final game ever between these two schools as a Pac-12 conference member. you got two Heisman Trophy contenders and two Final Four contenders. You can make an argument this might be the biggest regular season home game in Washington history. The only thing that would have made it bigger if it, is if it was played later in the year, in November, and you had like two 9-0 and or two 10-0 and football teams going at it in early to mid-November, uh, like when these two teams usually get together. So, yeah, this is absolutely the biggest game that Kalen DeBoer has ever coached in. No question. I like that it's happening here because I think we're going to get it again December 1st. And then you're right. I hadn't even thought about the possibility of a three-banger. Let's do it. Yeah. Like Let's play this thing three times. Hey, you're looking around the conference. 
Who else? Is there, is there a gap in your mind between Washington and Oregon and everybody else? And how big is that gap as you look at it? I think it's pretty significant, dude. Uh, John, I don't know what you think about this, but I was pretty, I was pretty um, uh, surprised by how lame Wazoo looked against UCLA on Saturday at the Rose Bowl. Uh, I thought their offense looked awful. Uh, I was a little surprised by their lack of skill players out there offensively. Obviously, without that pick six uh, that was thrown by Dante Moore, that's not even a football game in the fourth quarter against UCLA. So, Wazoo, I thought, showed a lot of warts. Utah, without Cam Rising, offensively is boring, and they're terrible. Uh, they're not a factor if that guy's not going to play. Uh, UW and Oregon, USC's defense is trash. USC's defense is like Swiss freaking cheese, man. It's a terrible defense last year. It's a terrible defense again this year. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Lincoln Riley made a move with Alex Grinch before the season even came to an end. Uh, I honestly think the three best teams in the conference are in the Northwest. I think it's UW, Oregon, Oregon State, honestly. I think those three teams who still play each other are the top three teams in the Pac-12. Softy, I appreciate you joining us. I'll be with you on Friday. Thank you. Yeah, and we'll see you Saturday, pal. See you there. Dave Softy Mahler from KJR in Seattle. I want your phone calls now, 503-417-7575. Your pick for the Oregon-Washington football game. And is Softy right? Would it be an embarrassment for Dan Lanning and Oregon to lose this game? Your phone calls now. I want your phone calls. What'd you hear from Softy? Is he sandbagging? Yes, of course he's sandbagging. Trying to put some pressure on Oregon. Washington, Oregon, who you got? What would you think of uh, Softy and his interview there? 503-417-7575 is the number. Mark in Portland, welcome to the conversation. Hey, how you doing? Um, doing well. Yeah, I, I mean, you you keep giving us that number of 27-1 for the home favorites, and I, yeah. I'm uh, – I uh, I hate Washington, so I'm looking for the happy medium. What, where do I bet <laughs> on the money line on Washington to where I, you know, I'm not going to be really upset if they lose. And I think it's it's like 145 to make 100. I'm probably going to put uh, 290 to make 200 on Washington, and I'm I'm going to be uh, okay either way. <laughs> so wait a minute. So wait a minute. Wait 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 wait. You're a Duck fan. You're going to bet on Washington to win the game, but hope that you lose your money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd pay if I could pay right now <laughs> for the good Lord three hundred bucks that and Washington yeah. loses. I would do that in a heartbeat. That's I how much it. I'm into the game. But I love it. I and I and I also, uh, you know, I I really like Oregon State at home, so I'm going to parlay a Oregon State to Washington. Sure. And if uh, Oregon if War Oregon screws that all up, I'm still going to be happy. But at some point. A certain amount of money, I'm going to be rooting for the money because that that's first with me is the money. And I, I kind of, from a money standpoint, John, I hate to say it, I'm not sure that Oregon's ready to win a game like this. I mean, like you guys said, neither one of these teams have really played anybody. And I keep going back to the Texas Tech game. We didn't look so good on the road. So uh, Dan Lanning's never won a game like this at Oregon. So this this is his, the, the, a big test, and I you know I got faith in them. They look pretty good, but we just don't know how good they are, and we're gonna yeah, find I, out. I, I can I can I can remember some games. He beat Utah last season. He beat UCLA last season. There was a little extra juice there for those games, but it was nothing like what I saw and what you saw, what we all saw when Oregon played Colorado earlier this season. There was just 
something extra there. You could tell that Dan Lanning wanted that game. I think he wants this game, too. I think he's going to want this one. Will that be enough? And what did you hear from Softy? What's Softy trying to do? He's playing mental games. Steven Softy's trying to put all the pressure on Oregon, trying to say, hey, they have the better team, the, the, the better, uh, you know, this is this should be Oregon all the way. I mean, this is this is Softy. This is his act. Yeah, no, it is. It, and it's a good act, right? Like, it's a good Homer act. It's a good fun act. Uh, I, I'm for it. I like it. I, you know, I try not to be a Homer, but this is what his thing is, and he likes to do it. Um, I did find it interesting, though, that he – Talked about the Washington defense, because I think you're right when you talk about the four units on the field. The Washington defense is by far, and I mean by far, the worst de- the worst unit that we've seen with our eyes, and by the stats. And then Softy bounced back with, well, a lot of those points were given up when the game was already over, and then he used that against Washington's defense, saying, well, this is why Oregon should dominate. So I, I do think that's the interesting part of- about this whole game is, is the Washington defense as bad as we think it could be? Which I don't think it's USC bad, but the stats don't lie. And I and I go back to that Cal game. I watched that whole second half of yeah. Cal Washington. Cal was going up and down the field at Washington. So I, I think Oregon's gonna be able to score, but I, it Washington the defense of Washington's gonna have to make some plays, and they're gonna have to prove that maybe it was just kind of a fluke, and they were giving up points at the end of these ball games, or else this could be an Oregon win, and Oregon may just be the better team. So I, I found that very interesting that he used it against and for his argument, which is you know that's that's a good radio guy right there. But I, I think he's playing. He's I think he's playing a game. I think he's I think he's trying to put some pressure on Dan Lanning by saying, "Hey, Oregon's a better team. Oregon see everything that Washington does. Oregon has an answer for, and it would be an embarrassment if he loses this game." He's trying to foster and drum up some you know some pressure on the Oregon side. And then you go and you look at the Heisman odds and Michael Penix Jr. is the favorite to win the Heisman. So, you know, it's the same thing over and over. So, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I, this game is fascinating, though. I, I seriously cannot wait to watch this game. And you know that uh, those fans up in Seattle are going to be rabid. Rob in Sherwood. Rob, welcome to the conversation. Hey, how's it going, John? Going all right. Good. Hey, Softy's a windbag. He's, he's setting himself up for when the Huskies lose this weekend. He's going to say, well, you know, the Ducks were the better team uh, because of this and this and this. They have all the pressure. They're the ones playing at home. They're the ones that have the Heisman, the Heisman Trophy front runner. They're the ones that have three wide receivers that could go in the top, you know, first round of the draft. Not the Ducks. You know, he's he's setting himself up for excuses, and I, I found it comical that the low point for them was Kenny Wheaton, and he kind of glossed over the fact that the Ducks beat the Huskies 12 straight times, something the Huskies never did even in the 70s and 80s and 90s when the Ducks weren't great. So, you know, he's a windbag. He likes to push buttons. He's got all these collars all fired up, especially me. So, you know, he's, he's doing his thing, but... Um, yeah, Ducks win 42-28 Saturday. Rob in Sherwood weighing in. Gary in Tualatin. Gary, what's up, Gary? Hey, John. Go Ducks. Yeah, uh, I've got a lot of fa- uh, friends and family up in Seattle, and uh, he, he sounds like uh, all of them. They're terrified of the Ducks. We've had very good success up there. It's not about the coach. We've had five different coaches win up there, uh, going back to Lou Barnes and – Don Coleman and and all those uh, great uh, last minute plays that have broken their hearts so many times and he's he's scared I get it uh, and we're going to go up there and take care of business and uh, go away with a win. 
I think uh, I think that you're right. I it does scare me. The Washington offense is scary, and I think Michael Penix Jr. and Washington will move the ball. But the question for me is, you know, Oregon's defense much improved from last year. Washington got 35 on the or 37 on Oregon last year at Autzen Stadium. I I kind of think Washington's going to be in the low 30s. Oregon's going to have to score to win this game. And I think it's something like 35-31, 38-31. If it gets out of hand, it could be 42-31. I, I, I just don't see Washington stopping the Oregon offense. And uh, let's go to Jesse, who's listening in Klamath Falls. Jesse, welcome. Hey, John. I just got off work after a long, tiring day, and I get in the car, and I have softy screaming at me on the radio. <laughs> and I normally tune into your chill, and I knew you said you were getting him on, but, man, I was not ready for that. I know. Uh, I know. And he, he, is, he tries to he get me all windbag. He tries to get me all riled up on his show, and he starts yelling and getting excited, and, and uh, I just I, – I can't – fake the enthusiasm like i'm not a duck homer but i did i just think oregon's the better team yeah i i mean it's a shtick like you guys were just saying i know exactly who he is so i just had to take a deep breath yep. and uh be like whatever <laughs> All um, right. but yeah the reality is is it really comes down to me for oregon if they if the penalties are low and they can force a minimum of two to three field goals out of that offense it's a big win um, there's we interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald hey, Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.